Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Dating Kinky Presents. Tonight we are keeping secrets all about how to enjoy your kink and your privacy, protecting your kinky identity, making sure that people don't get a peek at the things you don't want them to get a peek at. And tonight we're talking about phones and second lines, which has been an incredibly hot and looked forward to topic. Veer, go ahead and take it away. All right, thanks Nuki. So uh, welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Veer Koto, as uh, Nuki just said. Uh, Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps you can take to protect yourself and your community. We'll give you information and tools to help you make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us live for questions like you're doing right now. So who am I? I'm your host, Veer Koto. I'm a geek, I'm a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my website at veerkoto.com, email me at veer at veerkoto.com, or if you're on FetLife, I'm there too as Veer Koto, all one word. So on with the topic, which is, of course, phones were something associated with a location. The slide didn't change. Is the uh, there it goes? Um, then, actually, there we we lost sound there. So could we go back to that? Yes, and just start all over here? with the phones okay. bit. Okay, sure. Perfect. So, Thank you. Yeah, no worries. So back in the day, uh, phones were something associated with the location. You'd call a house or a place of business. Many times, people would give their work phone for if you need to get uh, to them during the day, or if they were going to go out for the evening, they would give someone the phone number of the restaurant or the bar if somebody needed to contact them. But that all changed with smartphones and before that, mobile phones. Suddenly, a phone number represented a person rather than a place, and we kept our phones with us at all times. So what do we use these phones for? Everything. Uh, our modern smartphones have our calling history, our address book, our search history, our email, our physical uh, location. Oh, sorry. That's the next slide. Uh, it has our location history. Um, it has our search history, other information about other devices nearby, such as Bluetooth devices, even other phones, information about Wi-Fi access points. Uh, information about payments made with the phone. And if you use something like a health tracker, a pedometer, or even a sex toy, uh, it has health tracking information on it too. And that's a lot of information in a very small package. So who has access to all of this incredible information about you? Well, the answer is quite a few entities do. Starting 
with your mobile phone provider, uh, but also uh, the smartphone company. So Apple and Google in particular. Uh, also, most apps or many apps at least have a lot of private information about us um, since they use the connection with the smartphone provider to make those, make those associations. And uh, of course, and this is really important, if anyone gets physical access to the device, they will have access to that information. Uh, and it, it should be noticed, it should, sorry, it should be noted um, for as smartphone companies like Apple and Google will sell your information to third parties, including private investigators. And there have been lawsuits in the United States about, for example, stalkers who have been buying private location uh, about uh, phone customers. So what kind of clues are physically on our phone? Well, it's easy to leave unwanted clues on our phone by just, for example, leaving your caller ID with your wallet name or signing into your phone, you know, with Google or Apple with your vanilla account. Um, of course, if you have, for example, photos on your phone, or if your address book has your kinky friends names in them, or maybe just their regular names, or if somebody else has you in their address book, all that information leaves clues about your, your uh, secret life, let's just say. Um, but there's also more subtle clues. Uh, sorry, clues, yes. Uh, an app might use your phone to look at nearby phones and record their identity, looking for patterns like uh, where you're moving uh, or if you're part of a group. Um, again, we've talked about uh, in the previous slide about making purchases with your phone, payment apps. Um, and again, these are all things that become a problem when we're trying to keep our kink identity safe. So what's our solution? Uh, it's compartmentalization. And compartmentalization is nothing more than us saying that we want to separate the information that we give to some people from the information that we want to give to others. In this case, that means we want to take steps to separate our vanilla phone use from our kink phone use. And we're going to talk about ways to do that. The uh, two main types of phones that we'll be discussing are physical phones. So uh, we're going to be discussing whether you should get another physical phone, um, which one might need its own SIM card or in its own phone plan. And then you have to carry it around and keep it charged and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about dual SIM and eSIM capable phones. And we'll talk about soft phones or virtual phones. Uh, virtual phones, since they're a little bit less well understood, are... Um, usually technology called VoIP, voice over IP. And although there's lots of different providers, they all pretty much do the same thing. You buy a number for one of these providers and they have an app on your phone or you can use another app from a third party to connect to basically a phone system. And in some cases, um, you can use this to essentially just do all your phone, your phone stuff. But basically you treat this uh, virtual phone as if it was a physical phone. It's, it's like a, a virtual line. Um, and like I said, there's many VoIP providers. Um, there's not that much to differentiate them. 
uh, the quality of the app, the voice quality, it's, and, you know, being the quality of the app, being, you know, how good the UI is, is probably the biggest, dif uh, pardon me, the biggest differentiator. Um, so some, oh, we need to get a, I should mention this, of course, you're going to need a plan. You're going to actually sign up for one of these and they cost eh, 10 to $25 US dollars a month. Usually, um, Having a separate app, I think, is a good thing. It makes it easy to remember whether you're using your um, kink or vanilla identities. You don't need to carry around a, a separate phone, but of course, um, you do need. This will be over your phone's data plan, not your voice plan. And since you need to sign up, most of the time you're going to have to do that with a credit card. So it's not um, always ideal. So whenever we talk about voice. Uh, voice over IP and virtual lines, people bring up Google Voice or then I think it's now called Google Duo as of this month. Um, so let's talk about it. Google is offering a no cost VoIP option for the US and Canada and many Kingsters are already using it. But the question is, should they? The problem is with Google's offering is that we know for a fact that Google collects a lot of data about us. It collects our phone activity. It collects our search activity. It collects our location, the content of our emails, our browsing history, et cetera. And we know for a fact, based on what they tell us, that they're using it in pretty scary ways. So I'm going to just go out and just say, I think you should avoid using Google generally, and especially for something as sensitive as this, you should avoid using them to carry all your kink secrets. So let's talk a little a little bit about dual SIM and eSIM. So this is, uh, so some phones actually allow you to have two physical SIM cards. Um, and eSIM, well, we'll talk about that first. So you can have two physical phone cards uh, and your phone will be able to use both of them. So you can receive a call on either SIM card. Uh, eSIM is a newer technology. It is a virtual SIM and you can have many, many, even potentially dozens or hundreds of virtual SIMs. But as far as I know, that technology is not very widespread or supported by mobile phone companies yet. So with this, it seems on the surface to be the perfect solution. No need to carry around a second phone, no need to use weird apps, um, but there's some downsides. The downsides are that since, like I said, not all phones will be supported, uh, using apps can be a little difficult because most of them don't understand dual SIM. And so they'll only understand the first SIM that they see and they'll associate themselves with that. Um, and the other problem is that it's somewhat hard to use these uh, these dual SIM because um, a lot, uh, it, it can be challenging to know what SIM card is being used for sending out voice or texts. When we talk about um, getting a, a dual SIM or eSIM, we talk about the fact that you're actually um, going to need a separate phone line, which means you're gonna to need to go to a mobile phone provider. If you're going to go to a mobile phone provider, you're going to need to um, pay them. And in some countries, you may need to actually hand over a government ID in order to do so. 
Now, I looked at uh, the people that have signed up for this event, and I tried to customize the countries that we focus on based on them. If you're in the US or Canada, and that's most of the people here, uh, you do not need ID to, to buy a SIM card. That's the same in the United Kingdom, Mexico, and New Zealand. Pretty much everywhere else, at least as far as this audience, you do need to hand over ID. So that's Australia, France, Germany, Brazil, South Africa, Japan, South Korea, Singapore, and China. So you'll need to check your local laws for ID requirements. Uh, if you live in a country where you can get a phone line without paying, sorry, without handing over ID, see if you can pay cash for top-ups rather than you know using a credit card, obviously for privacy reasons. So let's talk about flip phones. It's probably something you haven't thought about in a while, but flip phones are flip phones are still being made. And I think they can be some of the best options for a second phone. Um, these quote unquote dumb phones don't have any spyware. They really don't have any apps. They last forever on a charge and you can keep your identity separate. They cost almost nothing. <laughs> Sometimes a phone can cost 20 or $30 uh, and it'll handle your calls and your texts. Um, some, there are some downsides. Uh, if you want to use, for example, maps, you can't. Uh, a lot of apps, you're going to need to use your primary phone. But I think this is probably the easiest way to keep your phone identity separate is just to get a flip phone. But since most people don't want to do that, let's talk about getting a second smartphone. So second smartphone, you're going to get all the functionality you want, all the apps, all the things. Um, but And having it separate, you can keep your kink activity only on that physical device. But there are some downsides. It's expensive. Uh, you know, a phone can cost anywhere from $100 for an inexpensive one to, you know, more than $1,000 for the new iPhone. Um, you're going to, with most of these phone uh, companies, sorry, these, these phone smartphone providers, you're going to need to create an account for your new phone. And that's a, a place that they usually get you. And they often will, if you want to make any purchases, require that you connect your credit card to that account. So it doesn't really help that much for privacy. And then this gets to the big giant debate. Should you get an Apple or an Android? A topic of most of a lot of discussion uh, in my household. So... After you've decided you're going to buy this smartphone, should you get an Apple or an iPhone? And I'm going to say there is no clear answer. Both companies require you to have an account to use their phone. Uh, Apple absolutely does have a better privacy policy than Google, but Apple phones won't let you run open source software without jailbreaking them where Google phones will. So I don't think that there's a clear winner here. I think that this is something you'll have to figure out um, based on your own needs. Unless you go all tinfoil hat like me and you get a specialty open source phone <laughs> like the Pine phone, the e-privacy phone in Europe uh, or uh, the Libra, sorry, the Purism, Purism Libra M or the Pro One X. There are several manufacturers of phones 
that run open source operating systems in them. And all of these open source operating system phones boast privacy and safety features built in. For example, the Purism Libre M not only has software privacy features, but it also has hardware privacy features and that you can you have a physical switch to turn off the microphone, a physical switch to turn off the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, etc. But um, all of these devices have better privacy policies. Um, they range in price greatly from around $150 for the Pine phone to I believe the Libra M is around, uh, I think it's $600 or $800. Uh, the landscape for open source mobile OSs is, is changing rapidly. There are probably about a half dozen mobile OSs right now that are kind of useful and interesting. But personally, I think that aside from the eFoundation smartphones, I am very hesitant to recommend this route for anyone who isn't a developer at this point. That may change. Um, I'm recording this at the end of 2020, and so maybe... Uh, you know, if you're listening to this in 2021, 2022, or later, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? These phones are totally easy to use and anyone can use them. And I hope that's the case. But right now, it's um, not really super easy to use. The other um, caveat that I will say is that it is possible to put an open source OS on your existing phones, especially some of the existing older phones. And uh, that's especially true with the e-privacy uh, OS. Uh, they have special instructions and an installer to make it somewhat easy to install their OS on uh, phones in North America. Um, but again, that's really not for the faint of heart. So next, you should be thinking about information that you put in uh, your apps. So are you putting in contact information? Are you putting pictures? Are you putting recordings? Um, what kind of permissions do your various apps have? You know, do they have the ability to look at your contacts? Do they have the ability to record audio if they don't need to or take pictures if they don't need to or access Bluetooth if they don't need to? Generally, I think you should be going through your uh, apps and looking at the permissions of each app and making sure that they aren't doing things that they don't need to be doing. That will not only help your privacy, but it'll also help your battery life because when apps do things like turn on Wi-Fi, use data, you know, turn on location services and Bluetooth, they also drain your power. So be sure to turn all those things off. And what do you do when you're not using your phone? <laughs> My suggestion is that if you're not using your phone, well, let me just fit, before I say what to do, let me explain. Even when you're not using your phone, your phone, its location is being tracked. It is, it is tracking. It is still scanning for cell phone towers. It is still looking for Wi-Fi access points and Bluetooth and all that other stuff. It's still gathering information about you. And so it is being scanned and it is scanning. So what's the best thing you can do? turn it off. And even better, take the battery out. Now you might be saying, but I can't take the battery out. And yeah, isn't that interesting that you can't take the battery out where maybe you could have a few years ago where you could on that flip phone. So the second best thing you can do is to put it in airplane mode. But if you do that, 
be sure to also turn off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And also make sure that your phone doesn't automatically turn them back on because many smartphones will automatically turn Wi-Fi and Bluetooth back on, even if you don't ask it to. So uh, that's my second recommendation. Third on the list, if you don't mind being a little bit of a geek, you can buy something called a Faraday bag. And these are little bags and they can look normal, like just like an organizer type bag, but they block all radio signals to and from anything inside your bag. So you can put your phone in there and it won't be scannable and it won't be able to scan. Uh, as a side benefit, you can keep your wallet in there and any RFID cards won't be scannable. You can put your keys in there if they have RFID, they won't be scannable. So all you get all that protection just from one device. These bags are pretty inexpensive and they're small. You know, they're designed to carry a, a cell phone or in some cases a laptop. So they can certainly fit inside your toy bag. Um, and then if you don't want to do any of those things, and we have events in the future and you drove to that event, just leave your phone in the car. If you take your phone with you, your phone is tracking the other phones around it, or maybe somebody else's phone there is tracking other phones around it. And this is a known issue. So um, a lot of these, um, there's, a, there's a patent from Facebook that's designed specifically around looking at the Bluetooth of nearby devices looking at the accelerometer, that is the thing that tells you if the, if the phone is moving or what direction it's oriented, and using location services to determine if people are in clusters and if they're moving as a group. And if they're moving as a group, then they can make associations that you know the other people in your group or that they know you. So a nice, simple way to avoid all of these issues, or maybe someone has Siri turned on or Alexa or Google or any of that, just leave your phone in your car and it won't be, um, it, it won't be subject to that. And of course, if you're an organizer, um, try to discourage people from having phones in your, uh, at your events. So let's summarize. Uh, Having a second line. Oh, I didn't actually talk much about second lines. So you can also, should mention this, just buy a second line from your phone provider. Um, and if you do that, it pretty much it adds the value of a second line. But of course, that second line is controlled by the cell phone provider. So uh, you it might still have the same caller ID on the display. Um, and it'll certainly have all the other issues we talked about in terms of tracking. So that may not be something. So you might want to get a second line from the phone provider or from a, a virtual phone line or get a second phone. Those are your options. Um, you know, avoid, uh, you know, if you're able to avoid giving your wallet name or putting in your wallet name next to kinky addresses, um, consider getting another physical device get a non-smartphone or an open source smartphone in the future and be careful about the apps you run, especially payment apps. And I promised you five things you should never do with your phone. So let's just quickly go over those. You should never give your phone number to someone in the scene that you don't 100% trust. You should never send anything private via SMS text message. SMS or text messages are not encrypted, that they have no protection. 
they are absolutely held by the phone company for many years. And uh, that is well known and well understood. So it is basically like the, the phone company has a postcard of all of your text messages, including any pr uh, private photos, quote unquote, private photos. Um, don't forget to lock your phone. Uh, if somebody picks it up and they can browse through it, that's a problem. So um, never neglect to check your, check your app permissions. So if you're installing an app, making sure what it can and can't do. And never, ever run an assistant like Siri or Alexa or Google Assistant on your phone. Those things have a microphone that runs constantly, records all your conversations, um, keeps, keeps them on the server for years and years and years and uh, is just a, a terrible mess for privacy and especially for groups of us you know groups like us where we care about our privacy and we care about uh, people finding out that we're kinky that's just going to be the worst thing we could do so we'll have questions but first i'm handing this back to nookie for a word from our sponsor Hello, everyone. So now that we have gotten through the horror movie portion of the evening, like I said, it's time for a little comedy relief. Okay, so a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Nookie. I am the founder here at Dating Kinky. Um, and we are the sponsor this evening, as we are every evening that we do this. Um, you see, we were actually talking about this a little bit earlier. I'm going to go completely off script. We were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Dating Kinky and what we're doing and the idea that while I have a passion to connect people and, you know, help you find each other on the Internet and hopefully once we get back to our new normal, you know, and beyond... Um, my other passion is education, and I have traveled literally the world um, educating people on various forms of kink. I have done most of this on my own dime because most uh, places can't really afford to spend a whole lot of money on uh, kinky education. And that's what got me thinking way, way back when, even before this whole pandemic thing about finding a way to do a lot more kink education online and making it available to more people. And here we are. So we have currently uh, 13 different shows every month that we do uh, free for you to attend live. Um, and then we also have other special events that we do. We, well, I write books. Uh, blogs, do a podcast, do videos sometimes, uh, connect with people on, you know, regular occasions for just answering questions and helping out and so on and so forth. And all of this is part of my vision that we have more potential online than we ever have before. And as kinky folk, we have the ability to finally connect with people who think like us and enjoy the things that we enjoy and want to talk about these things. And so that's what Dating Kinky is all about. Now, 
the part that I have to do because my CFO says so, um, apparently you can't grow a multinational business if you're unwilling to charge for things. So here's, well, unless you already start off with several million dollars in investment, which I'm not doing. Um, or unless you're willing to sell people's information, which I am also not doing, which that's part of the reason that we, uh, we do these privacy uh, webinars for you and we make them available. But so Dating Kinky has a way that if you like what we're doing here and this is something that you think is important, you can give back. And that's called our plus membership. Our plus membership is $5 per month. And for $5 per month, you get replays of all of these shows. Um, now the privacy webinars, those are free. We put those up um, in front of the paywall. We also have uh, our COVID webinars in front of the paywall. Um, however, all of our other uh, webinars, weekend events and so on and so forth, they go behind the paywall. Um, so that you know we have value to offer you and it also helps offset all of our hosting costs um, which again we tend to keep things hosted on private servers instead of like for example going through youtube or um that sort of thing um yeah and it, you also get all of the books that we publish and you get special features on the dating site including the new community that we're testing right now, which as Ryan mentioned earlier, um, he will be inviting people back to that new community to kind of poke around and play around in that. Now that $5 a month helps support things like this. It helps us uh, develop the mobile apps, which we're working on right now. It helps us build new and interesting projects like the, um, <laughs> the Clitmas advent calendar that we've already planned for not this holiday season, but the following one um, and the research that we do for those things. Now, here's the thing. People in chat, um, Athena is one of our uh, plus members. I know that there are others in there. The people in chat who are our plus members will tell you it's an amazing deal. And it is. And here's the thing. If you get in for $5 per month now, it will stay that way for as long as you maintain your membership. Starting next year though, the price is going up to $10 per month. We have to do it. Eventually it's gonna go up to $20 per month, but we have to start taking the price up because we're starting to do a whole lot more with everything that we're doing. And I'd really, really, really love to get you in at $5 per month. That's all I've ever wanted. My CFO tells me that, you know, we need to, we need to bump up the price. I'm okay with this. He's brilliant with money. Eh, I'm not so good. I'm, I'm brilliant with kink and education and so on and so forth. So $5 per month, um, get in there with that plus membership link go check it out. If you have any questions, um, don't hesitate to uh, reach out, ask some questions, do whatever. And um, yeah, go from there. So fabulous. Uh, da -da -da -da. Oh, Fate Sailor. Ryan, did you see that Fate Sailor can't hear me? Um, check in on that. So uh, have them 
refresh so that they don't miss any of the Q&A at least because that would be important. Oh yeah, and as Athena said, with the yearly subscription, you actually get a free month. So that's a great way to um, save. Anyway, so now we've got a bunch of Q&A. Some great questions came in. I'm actually going to um, not start with the first question because the first question that came in was actually asked again by Fate Sailor. So I wanna make sure Fate Sailor is back in and can hear us before we go to that question. So we're gonna skip over that one for a moment and we're going to go to Athena's question. Just, just want to jump before we go to Athena's sure. question. Uh, please, please. So uh, just wanted to mention that next month's uh, topic, I didn't list it here, will be VPNs. And that's a topic that a lot of people have asked for. So uh, that, that'll be really exciting. And I'm totally looking forward to starting the year off with, with VPNs. And uh, if, uh, if you're here live, uh, coming up at... 10 Eastern is what's in your kinky toolbox with Lady Petra and Saffir Master, who are awesome. And I was on their podcast and it was really fun and great. And so I'm expecting that this will be equally fun and great. And now questions. <laughs> and now questions. Yay. Okay. So here we go. Athena, for the end, what about when you get a new phone, original or second? They require sign up with Google for email, sign in, et cetera. How can you avoid that? So the real answer is that you can't. If you run a, if you have a Google phone, you can't avoid running, you can't avoid having a Google account. And that's what really sucks about these phones. Uh, similarly, if you get an iPhone, you need an Apple account. And that's just what is required. So uh, the way to avoid that is to get a flip phone, a dumb phone that doesn't have one, or get an open source phone that doesn't require a login. Um, and Or make a separate account, but then you need to be extraordinarily careful that your kink account doesn't ever cross beams with your vanilla accounts. Okay, okay. So, sweetie... One, two, three, and Fates Sailor asks, what are the soft phone apps that you recommend? So I looked into this and I spent a lot of time looking at the different apps. And honestly, I couldn't find a lot of differentiation between the apps. Uh, they all kind of work the same way. The apps all look essentially the same. They all kind of do the same thing. And I couldn't test them all. So I can't really give you a good answer. Um, that's just one of those things. You can just go into DuckDuckGo or another search engine and type in best uh, virtual phone apps and give them a try. I, I really hesitate to make recommendations for companies, especially when I haven't tried their 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 stuff out. And so I just can't give you a straight up recommendation. Okay, so um, Beauty for Ashes was just clarifying. By flip phone, you literally mean the physical, like flip open phone that is non-smart, correct? Yeah, I, uh, so I'm using flip phone. It doesn't actually have to be a flip phone, like a clamshell. It can be the other type of, I just mean 
the kinds of phones that we used to use before smartphones, right? The, that, you know, they have LCD, little tiny LCD screens. They don't have keyboards. They don't have touch screen. They just have phone number, you know, like little touchpad phone numbers and they don't run apps, etc. I mean, those kind of simple phones that you can get for like 20 bucks. Yeah. A lot of people call them burner phones. Um, and yeah, I, that, that's what I mean when I say a flip phone. Right. Excellent. Um, Sweetie123 says, when I've traveled overseas, I can literally pay cash for a flip phone, pay cash for a SIM card, and buy phone cards for minutes. Do we not have this option here in the U.S.? You do have this option in the U.S. You don't in, in a lot of other countries. So you can do this here in the United States, but then people will, people will have, you'll have to remember to top up, right? And you'll have to buy, you know, recharge so it's not an issue when you go to another country and you're only there for a week, right? Because you probably never top up. But mm -hmm. if you end up getting that phone, you know, maybe you go to a freaking like, maybe you go to a 7-Eleven and you buy a phone and, you know, it has 100 minutes and you're like, great. But then the next month you have to go buy another 100 minutes. So you have to now, you have to buy a phone card and you have to remember when you're doing that, that you need to pay cash, <laughs> Et cetera, et cetera. And it, be, it can become a little bit of a pain. Um, that's the downside. But yes, you can in the United States. But if you were to go to France or Germany, uh, you, you can't do that. If you go to Australia, you can't do that. They're going to say, we're going to need to see your identification. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Athena asks... Um, Slide 15, additional potential downsides, I think, um, that if it isn't used for a while, and this would be like a burner type phone, um, the minutes expire. Is that correct? Yeah, that'll depend on the phone company. But usually that's that's how they get you, right? The, 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 yeah, you get 100 minutes, you know, or 30 days. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you have to keep topping it up. Um, and then they say, well, if you don't want that, sign up for a regular phone plan. But of course, if you do that, then you have to go through the regular rigmarole of giving them a credit card, et cetera, or getting bills right. you know, sent in your name. Yeah. So um, Fitness did a follow-up uh, back on the Android phone setup. Um, when setting up a new or new-to-you Android phone, can you not just press that skip button when Google asks you to sign in? Uh I have never had that work. If, if it works for you, great. But I, uh, my recollection, I tried that once and I think it just said, okay, well, you'll have to create an account or sign in. I, I remember that being a requirement, um, mm -hmm. but go ahead and give it a try. The the, I'll be honest with the last, the last few phones I have. So I, I uh, my household <laughs> has both Android and iPhones. I personally have an Android a Pine phone, an e-privacy phone. Um, you know, I will tell you that those those last two are probably not the things that most people are going to use. And but I haven't actually. I don't remember setting up the and the last Android phone. I, it was just too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sequentialize said I've had it work, but you cannot download apps. Athena said, I skipped the Google setup the first time, but I had to have one with Samsung to get out of setup. So it sounds like it's a, it's a trap. Um, 
Athena asked, uh, can we do an apps permissions episode? Stupid smartphones and all of the terms of service, et cetera, can be super massive and complicated. I said, I don't see why not. So I would bring it up to you. Yeah, we could certainly talk about that. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that I'll bring up to Nookie and Ryan um, when we're going over the topics that we'll have in 2021. Yeah. Okay. Um, caller ID identification. Can you change it at all? I think if you, so I, I can't answer for every cell phone company, right? Uh, obviously. Um, I think most cell phone companies do let you modify it. Um, but of course the phone company does also keep that record. So it depends on, um, we talked about this in an, in an earlier episode. Um, there's a scary word called a uh, threat model, um, which I think it's just easier to understand who, who are, who and why are we concerned, right? So if you're concerned that, you know, a casual kingster is going to say, you know, that, you know, you know, um, you know, your actual name shows up on your caller ID. That's one thing. If you're worried that, you know, somebody who is connected with the phone company might get access to it. That's a different, that's a different model and you're going to need to take different steps. Okay. Um, Athena asks, besides Google as a search engine, what can you use for search and something other than DuckDuckGo because that's banned for usage with certain companies and you can be fired for it? Uh, right now, all search engines other than DuckDuckGo kind of suck. And I wish I had a great answer for you, but I don't. We should, we should do a whole episode. Unfortunately, the problem if we did an episode on search engines is I would say, wow, Google really sucks. Bing really sucks. Uh, you could use DuckDuckGo. <laughs> and, and then time for questions. <laughs> yeah. What about? I mean, and I don't, I don't know, but um, somebody during, I think one of these had mentioned Brave. So Brave is a browser, and it's something that um, we'll see if, if if I'll have time to talk about in the VPN episode. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um. Yeah. Browser versus search engine. Derp. Okay. So Eurasian links. I use Android phones, but I just make up a new email address of the format some-random-name at gmail.com for each phone and never really log on to that Gmail account. In other words, a new phone means a new Gmail address I never use for me. Yeah, you could certainly do that. The There are some downsides. Um, so first of all, Google can and actually has deleted some inactive accounts. In the past, it's it's not something that happens a whole ton, but it does happen. Having an account like that, though, that's not associated with your regular um, with your regular name, also means that you can't make any purchases in the Android marketplace, um, which may or may not be a problem, right? If you're if all you care about is running open source apps or free you know, 100% uh, gratis apps, and that's totally fine. But unfortunately, most of those have privacy issues, advertisements, and all that other junk. So uh, that is a strategy. It's totally legit, but it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, just a note that in the chat, people said startpage.com is a privacy-focused search engine, and Ecosia. Um, so for what that's worth. 
CD says, having a separate Google account dedicated to kink has really helped me so far. That way I use Google Hangouts to chat with kinksters. And that way, at least these other kinksters don't have access to my private information, though it doesn't stop Google from collecting the information. So, okay. Uh, Fates Sailor, are there any auditing apps to see what or apps, what our app sendings are, app settings are sending? You know, uh, so on, uh, unfortunately, I don't know iOS. Uh, in Google, and I think it's very similar in iOS, if you go to, and I'm just going to do it right now and while, while we're talking, if you go to settings, privacy, uh, you can go to permissions manager, and then you can click on the app and you can see all of its permissions and you can uh, allow and deny them there. Um, I believe it's almost the same or it's very similar um, on iOS. So in terms of what they're actually sending, no, that's a really great uh, question and I, I would have to look into it. I do have to say that um, there's been a huge hullabaloo and I, I don't, I haven't read all of it or completely understand all of it, but there's been a huge hullabaloo in um, the marketing uh, newsletters and such that I follow about Apple cutting down on um, some kind of shady private privacy practices between apps um, that will probably greatly impact the way ads are served, especially through um, Facebook tracking and pixels and so on and so forth. So. Um, Apple it'll be interesting to see how that actually shakes out. Apple has a really complicated relationship with these companies. <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, their look, their business model is frankly that they don't, you know, they don't invade your privacy, but they sure as hell enable others to do to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and they and they invade your privacy in really stark and bizarre ways. So here's an example of something that people probably haven't even ever thought of, but is totally a thing. You're walking in a store and your phone suddenly serves you an ad about something in that store or something related to, to something in the store. And you're thinking, how do they know that I'm in this store and you're like, but I've turned location services off. So how can they know? Well, it turns out that stores and outdoor events and others use speakers to transmit high frequency tones that certain apps pick up on and use those to deliver ads to you. And it doesn't use location services and it doesn't know, you know, it doesn't quote unquote know where you are, but that's how it works. So when you, and then, you know, you'll use an app and it'll say, oh, it needs microphone permissions. You'd be like, oh, okay, fine. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that is really tricky and, because Apple is making their money from those app manufacturers. So it's a, it's a very complicated relationship. And yes, you know, there was pushback by, you know, by Apple on some of these practices, but um, not as, but they actually rolled back a bunch of, of, of those uh, 
um, protections in their latest uh, OS. So, so they had proposed a bunch of protections. They rolled a whole bunch of them back after app developers gave them a ton of pushback. So, it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky situation. Okay, good to know. Um, all this shit just like creeps me the fuck out. Like seriously. Um, yeah. Anyway, beauty for ashes. Even if you get the burner phone, SMS messages aren't secure, but the benefit is the compartmentalization from your vanilla life, right? 100%. Yes. So uh, it's compartmentalized in that, you know, you're not using the same phone. Uh, of course, if somebody is really tracking you, they'll notice that your burner phone is in the same location. Uh, obviously, if you're sending a text, um, be aware that that somewhere there's some metadata kept about who you're texting and that they're texting you. And if you're doing it over text, that the actual messages of the text are being kept. So I would be very hesitant to send very much over text ever. Like, you know, anything, you know, anything private, I just wouldn't send over text. Um, but yes, there is absolutely the compartmentalization and that's a very good thing. And it's an easy way to get that compartmentalization. It's much easier than some of the other techniques that we've talked about. Um, bound Kel, if you use a prepaid phone company, smartphone, does the major carrier still retain all the usage data on a customer that isn't theirs? It, it is theirs. So the way that these companies work, so the phone company knows uh, where your phone is. They know about your texts. Um, if you're using the phone company's installed OS, so for example... Um, if you're in the United States and you buy a Verizon phone, uh, Verizon will have put the OS on your phone. It's not a stock Android. It's a Verizon branded Android, and it will have little Verizon hooks into the apps. And so they will absolutely know what you're doing. And that's the same with AT&T and T-Mobile. And if you're in Canada, it's the same with Rogers and and all the others. So just just be aware that that the answer to that is 100% yes. Service sub R says, so even if you use your phone at work, but you use your data plan, your work would still be able to know what you do on your phone, even if it's not on the work network? Uh, no, if you use your data on the phone, the the work work should not be able to, I mean, unless you're doing something really tricky, but I'm just going to assume a normal workplace that you don't work at like a three-letter agency. Uh, they're probably not going to be able to determine what you do on your phone as long as it's not connecting to their network. And so one thing I do want to say, though, is that connecting to people's networks or work network via Wi-Fi and so on and so forth does connect your data and their data together. And by that, I mean, um, when my pet does searches for certain things and um, he does it after I've gone to sleep, after my phone is turned off and so on and so forth, when I get up in the morning and turn on my phone and I'm on his Wi-Fi, I get served his ads. So um, for what that's worth, as far as just informational factoids to file away under what the fuck. Okay, so um, Athena, 
What about those you do trust from the kinkier alt community? Where do you put them, especially if you've connected via social media? And I know, I know Facebook is Google's bastard evil child, bastard child devil, but that's not really another alternative safe social media platform. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm having a little trouble parsing out the question. So I think it's where do you put people who you do trust, but maybe aren't yet vanillas? Like, you know, vanilla life, welcome and meet my my father and mother on my social media account. So um, for social media, I guess. So I, I think we... we we want to be clear. So this is ep this episode is about phones, and I, I don't want to venture too far into the social media thing. So I'm going to answer only about phones. Um, if there's someone that you trust and they're kinky, like let's say a partner that you're fluid bonded to, uh, you know, you probably know their wallet name, and it probably makes sense to put their wallet name in your regular address book. Um, unless they would, they, unless they tell you, please don't do that for whatever reason. And you can have a, a conversation about that. Um, in terms of people that you don't know their wallet name, yeah, that's a really tricky question and it's really hard. Um, and I wish I had a good answer right now. I think the best thing we could do is just have another address book. Um, I'll tell you, that, um, you know, the purpose of this series is not, I've really tried hard to not be very prescriptive. Now there are things I'm going to say never do. Right? Don't run Alexa or Siri on your phone. That's just I'm just going to tell you don't do that. But I really try hard not to say do this, don't do that, and you will be safe. Instead, the idea is to give people the information that they need to make informed choices on their own. Um, and I, I hear the feedback that, hey, we need to give you more options of what to do and rather than just don't do what, don't do this, don't do that. But there sometimes there really aren't great answers and you'll have to make some of those choices um, on your own and keep up the conversation on, if you're on FetLife, on the Privacy Conscious Kinksters group where we share um, this, you know, we have a, an asynchronous conversation about these topics and people might give ideas about that. Um, so I, I know that's not direct answer to the question, but it's the best answer I can give right now. Right. Right. Um, so the last, well, okay. So wait, Corgi uh, CD said, what's the group name called the privacy one again, uh, privacy conscious kinksters. And you can go to my FetLife profile and, it's one of the groups that I lead. Yeah, and Ryan can make sure that your FetLife profile... Oh, look at that. He got the group in there. Um, Corgi asks, what is the best alternative to SMS messages for privacy that is encrypted? Yeah, we should... So we're, we're going to have a whole instant messenger episode. Um, the answer yeah. most people will give is Signal. The problem is that Signal uses your phone as its identity. And so what do you do when you are using uh, a second phone or you have a dual SIM, it won't work at all with dual SIMs. So um, we'll have a whole episode on instant messengers in the future. Okay. And um, the last official question that we have so far is actually more of a, 
rhetorical one, and I've kind of saved it for this point, which is CD's question of what is the world coming to? <laughs> and Vera, if you can answer that one for us, I, I'm, I'm sure can, all of actually. us will bow down. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean, look, I, I think that what the world is coming to is that our information is worth something. And we have gotten used to, um, we've gotten, we have gotten used to and complacent about money. And look, I'll give you an example. So look, dating, you know, dating kinky plus is $5 a month right now until next year when it's $10 a month. Well, that's because Nookie and her staff need to eat, right? <laughs> um, the money you pay them goes to run the service. So how is it that there can be a service like uh, like Dating Kinky, but you don't have to pay for it? How does that work, right? Who, somebody has to get paid at some point, which means that they're, they're selling something. So unfortunately, right now, mostly what they're selling is information about their users. They're selling it to advertisers. They're selling it to to interested parties, um, et cetera. And that, that's worth a lot of money. And we need to start getting used to the idea that if we buy, you know, if we want something and, it, and it's free and it doesn't cost anything, we need to understand how it's free. So in the, you know, I've started a service, um, it's just in beta right now, and I'm not talking about it in great detail, called Kinky Social. And it's, it's also free. And how is it free? Well, I just paying for it out of my own pocket right now, as of December 2020. Um, that's not long term sustainable, right? I can't just keep paying. So we'll have to find it. We'll have to find a payment model if that service keeps going. Um, it's important that people start asking, how does this company make money? What is its privacy policy? What information is it collecting? What information is it selling? And that's that's it, right? It's it's what the world coming to, greed and a lack of of decency. But hey, there, you know, like it's not all bad. I because I, I got I do not worry. <laughs> like the world is coming to an end. You're all screwed, right? No, I mean, look, the, the answer is also as as these things um, happen, we are also seeing people pushing back, right? We're seeing things like Signal encrypted messenger. We're seeing things like Tor. We're seeing things like, you know, all these open source phones, right? It, it is not all doom and gloom, um, but it means extra diligence for a group, uh, for a sexual minority such as ourselves. That's what it means. We means we have to, we have to take extra precautions because we are at extra risk. And that is absolutely the case. And to to follow up on that, I'm going to step up on my usual like mini soapbox that I do when we talk about these these privacy issues. Is that in order for me to pay attention to and care for your privacy, that means that there are a lot of steps that I cannot personally take, or actually, let, let me let me not even say that, that I will not personally take 
in order to get your attention, get your money, get the attention of other people who might give me money and so on and so forth. Um, and also that it costs more to do a lot of what I do because there's a lot of things like, um, you know, built in libraries and such uh, from Google, from Facebook that I will not use. Um, you know, so it, there, there, there are things that, you know, in a, in a normal business without any concerns for anybody's privacies, I mean, Facebook pixels, Google analytics, um, you know, Google pixels, Google ads, we could be serving ads on our site and making money off of impressions like every single day, except that means that we are then inviting Google into our site to track you everywhere you go. <laughs> like we even we even switched over from, you know, Google Maps to Open Maps. You know, as soon as Facebook bought Giphy, we switched over to a different GIFs um, tenor. Uh, you know, like it just, you know, bit by bit, it's like every single thing that we do, we have to, you know, play around with um keeping you as safe as possible. So yeah, we, we are charging a fee for um, plus membership, even though the rest of the site is, is free. And we are going to be um, selling advertisements. One of the things that we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be setting up our own ad server. So it doesn't follow you around the web. And those ad, ads are gonna be served to you based on information that you put into the site and never sold outside of the site. Um, so people aren't going to be sold your information. We will sell them their ads ability to access you within the site based on information you have shared freely and publicly within the um, application. So, you know, these are the types of things that it takes a lot of development and thinking uh, to do this. Um, but it's important to me. And I, I think it's important to you because, you know, you're here. So, uh, so and also what, what Veer's, <laughs> yeah, thank you for being here. And also, you know, support what Veer is doing because, you know, the way I look at it is it's, 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 a, it's a type of social activism to support the people who are doing things that are important. Um, I've supported, you know, FetLife off and on for years and years and years. Um, recently I've, I've stopped and I'm kind of, I'm kind of warring with myself because I hate what they're doing in regards to, to race and, and hate speech and so on and so forth. Although I still do use it. So I feel guilty that I don't support them the way that I used to. And yet I hate what they're doing. <laughs> like I, I, I hate some of their policies that they've put in place. Um, so Yeah. Um, support the kinky makers that are doing things that are important to you. Um, you know, even if it's with your attention or just saying like, hey, if you can't pay for dating kinky or you don't want to uh, spread the word. Right. Somebody wrote something incredibly nice about us um, that I woke up to this morning. Ryan probably has the link. I posted it in the dating kinky group. He'd asked me a bunch of questions and then he joined one of our testing sessions and then I wake up this morning to this like amazing review of Dating Kinky. There is no way I would not love you to pieces if you went out and did something like that on whatever social networks that, you know, you are most comfortable 
um, and most popular on and so on and so forth. So um, yeah, anyway, that's kind of my little soapbox on the topic. So we should probably um, yeah, wrap up so you can get ready for that next awesome show. Uh, yes, yeah, and, so excited. Uh, yeah, and I, and I can sit back and, and uh, I don't know, probably actually go to sleep, but but I will definitely try <laughs> to get to that recording because uh, it's, it's pretty, it sounds pretty awesome. Ryan, why don't you come on and, and do your your little end of show wrap up thingy, Bopper? I'll expand this because it's like we're we're in sure. talking mode. Um, so a lot of links tonight, everybody. So just get you know pencils up, I guess. You you, know, you, you usually hear pencils down, but <laughs> I, I'm inverting it. Um, so the first thing, and uh, I'm going to I had the wrong one. Excuse me. Uh -oh. talk about is what i was gonna say is the lynx slut stumped <laughs> i was in the wrong month's uh, file because I, I i have last month's veer file up too so oh, yeah. first thing we're gonna talk about is our nookie wants to tell everybody about our new uh chat platform environments while i prepare okay, the so next tranche we are working on testing out a new um community that includes uh community-wide chat, but also uh, smaller group chats. So you can actually like walk in virtually, walk in, um, choose a table, sit down and interact with other people at that table. I know uh, Lady Ginger, uh, she's been in there with us. Fitness has been in, in there with us. Um, and so you can, oh, and Athena. Yeah, and you can sit down and interact with up to uh, eight other people um, in video and audio formats. And um, it allows us to uh, connect with people over special interests. It will be a great place to um, host events like this. Uh, but we're testing it out. We're finding a lot of little things that they're working on. Um, so over the next month or two, we will be testing this and bringing people in, getting feedback and uh, so on and so forth. And yeah, just real quick, while Ryan goes on with the next thing, everybody in chat, please do give a huge thank you to Veer for you know putting all of this together and for being as dedicated to um, this privacy information and disseminating it as he is. Well, thank you. Uh, and to oh, go ahead. And I'll, and I'll let and I'll let Ryan finish this out. <laughs> uh, I was just going to add that um, to. Uh, piggyback on Nook, Nookie's point, um, we are going to have another show last night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, right now we're at around 9.15. Thrilled to have kind of the, it's our first like weeknight back-to-back. -back. You know, I feel like I'm like, you know, like filling out like the, the NBC uh, primetime schedule here. You know, we finally have a time, uh, you know, show to follow up our Eastern uh, time show. So, but uh, those links you, that Nookie, that I put in there that Nookie explained, the first one is a YouTube uh like walkthrough of the site. I'd say like the first couple of minutes are just the actual regist free registry of an account. And then the following minutes are kind of like, you know, some of the navigation. Uh, and the second link is the actual link to the site itself. So, you know, you would kind of click that one. Also have the YouTube up maybe in a second window and then create the free accounts. I would also recommend 
make sure you watch the video. Like, don't put your wallet name for username because otherwise, like, it, it will show up when you log in. Or, or if you click um, sign in through Google, you know, sign in through Facebook, you know, uh, Veer would not recommend these uh, options. Neither would we. We recommend you sign up through an email and a uh, non, you know, a non-wallet, you know, uh, non-vanilla email. So um, if you do that, it, it should uh, you should then be able to log in uh, pretty painlessly with whatever you know non-vanilla handle you you chose. And the reason why we're bringing this up is because after that following show at 10 p.m. Uh, I will be inviting anyone who's interested to come over and uh, you know sample the chat platform for a while. It's um I won't be there the entire night, although I'm a bit of a night owl. But uh, I think uh, I think Fitness can testify. It's a 24/7, 365 because uh, you know when she was in there, it, it, there was a late night chat going on. So uh, yeah, we we will accommodate uh, everyone. Just be on their best behavior in the consensual sense and. Uh, Enjoy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what we have coming up. Uh, you know, we have the, our next our doubleheader show, and then uh, we can all go to the. Anyone's was interested, go to that chat. So next topic, uh, who likes free stuff? Uh, <laughs> so uh, part one is who likes free stuff, and then part two is who likes to give to amazing causes. Uh, Nookie, you want to you want to take these? Sure, sure. So um, the first link that Ryan has posted is our Kinkmas giveaway. So register now, get your entries in. We're going to start drawings daily from the 13th through the 24th of awesome kinky stuff. We've got kinky books, we've got kinky um, cuffs, we've got play toys. It's, it's gonna be fabulous. Um, They'll be, we'll be letting you know like all of the different things over the next uh, few days. And the 13th through the 24th, we're also doing Dating Kinky Gives Back. And part of our give back is that link right there, which is GoFundMe uh, Tess, the Oil and Spiegel Society in New York, um, needs to raise funds uh, to make it through this pandemic. And so what we have done is we have committed, um, first of all, we started off by giving them $50, um, but we've committed to every single membership purchased or started this month, um, we will give them $2.50. And so that $50 is kind of applied to the whole. And then if you start a membership, if you have a membership with us, and you donate to them, we will add a month onto the end of your um, membership account as well, because we want to make sure that um, people who want to give back and community are encouraged to do so. So that's our first. So that one is actually going the first through the 13th. And then the 14th through the 24th, we're going to be announcing each day a new way that Dating Kinky is giving back to the community by committing to um, kinky makers and um, kinky content creators for 2021. So. And we should add uh, Miss L is in the chat room. She's the director of programming at, um, for Tess. That's her uh, FetLife page and then here is test bed life uh if you have questions feel free to uh follow up with her uh, for mm -hmm. any additional information about and where, you can uh, also and 
yep. reach out to me at any time. We've put up mm -hmm. Kinkmas stuff on the FetLife page, um, but you can also reach out to me with questions. Right. Yeah. It's um. I was I, the the Missell part was for the, particularly for the second part the tests. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there. But yes, we uh, Nookie and I are doing the the Kinkmas part. So now I'll jump into some uh, coming attractions. So I think I had this up earlier, but I'll repost it. We already have the uh, the Fed event for the next episode of Keeping Secrets. It'll be on January 7th, and it'll be about utilizing an, a VPN, as Veer said. Uh, so there's the link to that. Um, and uh, let me just, it's coming up this week. Uh, we are, Nookie and I will be Monday, Wednesday, and the S has their Tuesday show as usual at 7 p.m. So uh, our week is um, we have book club coming up on authors, uh, Cooper Beckett and R.E. Hargrave. Uh, and I think Cooper was supposed to be at more than yesterday, so we're still able to get him here because he had to decline that one for uh, vanilla mm -hmm. work. So uh, they will be on with Kim, a.k.a. MJ Cole, on Monday. And then we have our monthly uh, uh Head over heels, and that topic the topic for that one will be uh, splashing, or sometimes it's 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 tempting you know, always to use the, the and then is uh, Natalie AKD20 Dom with her you know bittersweet sad face, her her last femdom Friday for a while because she's going on a little bit of a hiatus and she'll be doing uh, the topic of suspicion. Uh, so that is what's coming up next week, and actually. Uh, Nookie's going to be presenting Monday and Wednesday of the following week. I have Mondays up. I do not have Wednesdays up yet, but let me, I'll grab Mondays while we're kind of filibusting. Because that, Nookie, why don't you tell me about what you're going to be doing on the 14th with No Mo, No O? <laughs> no O, oh, No Mo. So oh, on the 14th, no, damn it. you got it way back. Yeah. The 14th, I'll be talking yeah. No O, oh, No Mo, which is all about, um, accessing pleasure, um, more pleasure in your intimate relationships. So the idea is whatever you consider your oh, your pleasure, your your orgasm, your oh, whatever it is, if you're not getting that, then we're saying no more to that. We're going to find a way to make sure that we help you know how to access your own pleasure, how to communicate that to others, how to help others help you get to the pleasure spots that you want to be in um, and how to simply say no thank you if somebody doesn't get you there. <laughs> um, and then the following Wednesday, I'll be talking about finding your you again, where I saw something posted online about um, when uh, a bad relationship or several failed relationships um, sometimes we have a tendency to start losing trust in ourselves and our ability to pick the right people or our ability to even know what is right in that relationship. What is realistic? How can we tell if they're good people or not good people? See the red flags. And so we're going to be talking about finding your you again, finding that centered place with um, from where you can actually have a healthy and um fulfilling relationship so yes yeah baggage from past relationships exactly so this would be about you know how to set that baggage down 
you know, leave it where you can, you know, rummage through it when you need to look for, you know, past experiences and compare, but otherwise don't just carry it around with you and break your back on that. So that's so, yeah. largely going to take us up through the next two weeks of programming, which is basically going to take us through the early scheduled uh, dating kinky webinars. Now, although we will be having more of those uh, open houses over on that new mm -hmm. uh, social chat platform, you know, called Air Meets. So uh, check your local listings, particularly on FetLife, for those announcements. Um, we'll probably have to look into like for people who are joining us not from FetLife, how are we going to reach them? You know, so that might be something you and I you know to, to brainstorm about. But um, uh, let me and I'll put those links up again because we're going to have some kind of um, Layover time. I'm, I'm, Nookie eventually is going to go to bed. And when I say eventually, I mean within the next like 15 minutes. Um, I will be uh, kind of just hanging out in chat with everyone who wants to stick around for the follow up show. Uh, but I think it's a great opportunity for those of you who want to look into that, uh, that new chat platform, whether it's you know, tonight or some future time, it's to watch the you know, video to register account if you're interested. And then any you know, questions you have, I I'm, I will be here to uh, hopefully be able to answer. And uh, you know we can just you know, use the time productively, or we can just chit chat. I am also a great uh, bullshitter. You know, yeah, there, I think there's some witnesses in chat who can verify that. So, you know, you know, use your own adventure. But um, yeah, you know, I'll I'll be here while we're waiting for uh, Staff Master and. Um, Lady Petra to join us, and then that will that will be started at um, like ten o five. Okay, and so real quick before we end things up, I just wanted to respond to sequentialize. You're talking about neurodiversity. Um, I'm also neurodiverse, and that's something that you know I'd absolutely be interested in. You know, giving you a spot to post some of the things um, as far as resources and that sort of thing. I think that normalizing uh, neurodiversity and educating about it is really important. And it's one of the things that um, I was just actually talking with Zach today about that and about um, how I tend to be very open about my own neurodiversity simply because it helps people understand and see the variety in people's brains and, um, it kind of normalizes it, you know, from a standpoint. Um, so we can actually help you find collaborators as well, if that's something that you're looking for, because again, that's something that we'd definitely be behind um, sharing some information. So, yeah. Um, Ryan, shoot the, the volunteer form in there. Um, Sequentialize, you could either uh, fill out yep. the volunteer form and we could get you into the system where we could actually probably connect you with Devin Stone, who is putting together the Thrive Conference on mental health in kink. Um, so that could, yeah, okay, great. So that could help, um, you know, make that happen as well. We have a special section in our project manager specifically for volunteers and we could help you connect on that point and um, make that go uh, okay, so Nookie, we have, a we have a testimonial for sequentializing in, in chat as I, well. I do see that. I do see that. So, um, awesomeness. 
Excellent. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording.